Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So today's message, this 15 minutes message, really short, really brief, has this title, What in a Name? You will see it right there with a beautiful name tag and a beautiful Christmas sweater, right? <laughs> What's in a name? In Bible times, a name stood for a person's reputation, their fame, and their glory. Parents often gave children names that described their the parents' hopes and future expectations for that child. People were given the names they were given for a reason. If you study the Bible, you will see the Bible has lots of names, you know, genealogies, and, and so forth. And those names, they reveal something about the personality of the people that the Bible mentioned. For instance, David, just like I said at the beginning, means beloved. Abraham means father of a multitude, and so on. Now I want to talk to you about a name we all know, the most important names of all, the name of Jesus Christ, the name of our beloved Lord and Savior. After all, it was this name, Jesus, was a name given to him by God the Father. We all know the Christmas story. The angel appeared to Mary, to Joseph, and said, his name will be Jesus. The name Jesus is a name that has been exalted by the Father himself. And you can look at that in Philippians chapter 2. His name has been exalted. And before the name, all the heavenly host needs to bow down before him. All the people on the earth needs to bow down before this baby, Jesus Christ. His name has power. The name of Jesus Christ. And this name means so much for us. I want to also give you some biblical reasons tonight why the, his name is a name above all other names. So let's read together Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. It says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Wonderful counselor. Have you ever need, needed a counselor? Don't show hands, all right? That's okay. Uh, I'll be the first one to say, yes, I need a counselor. <laughs> we all need a counsel. You know, we, we all need the help from someone when we are going through hard times or afflictions. We all need help. We, can do, we, we can't do life without the assistance and help of others. That's why we also need a church. And it's so great to see you here, maybe for the first time. And we are so happy to have you here. But there are times in life when even the people we think will stay by our side, during hard times they just disappear. All of us in this room, we have all felt the symptoms of loneliness. We all know what it is to be alone. And that's why this promise, the promise of Jesus Christ coming to the earth, is such a terrific promise for us. Because He came to this world to be with you forever. So you're not alone anymore. You're not alone. That's why He's your wonderful, not any counselor, a wonderful counselor. But today I want also to share with you some good news the good news that Jesus is not only your wonderful counselor, he's also your mighty God, your everlasting father, and your prince of peace. The word counselor means to advise, to consult, or to guide. 
Also, this wonderful counselor is fully human and fully God. 100% human, 100% God. And even in this Bible verse, you, you, you get to see this. How Jesus had these two natures in him. He was 100% God, 100% human. It says in verse, in verse 6, For to us a child is born. That is the humanity of Jesus. A child is born. And then it says, to us a son is given. That is the, the, the divinity of Jesus Christ. He's not a son of God. He's the son of God. And he's right here for you. He's the wonderful counselor. Because Jesus is fully man and fully God, he can counsel you from the perspective of a human who understands your struggles. But he can also counsel you as the God of the universe who has complete knowledge and wisdom. And who is never wrong and who always has the right answer and direction for your life. Also, he's the person that will always tell you the truth and will help you to see that truth. He will always tell, tell you the truth. He will never lie to you. That's this amazing Jesus. This wonderful counselor can completely heal and transform your life tonight. But it takes from you a willingness and a surrender and the courage to say, whatever you want me to do, Jesus Christ, I will do it. I'm here to follow you. Also, Isaiah 9.6 says that he's the mighty God. The second name given to Jesus is mighty God. We also just said that he's the truth and in him you will find the true meaning of your life. But, but here's another truth. This is the truth that God wants you to grasp tonight. That's because he's your mighty God, in him anything is possible. Do you believe in that? How many of us still believe in miracles? And I'm not speaking about, you know, Christmas miracles. Do you believe that Jesus is only interested in doing a miracle for you just in this season because it's Christmas? No. He wants to do miracles in your life all year long. Every day. He's the God of miracles. He's the mighty God. Oh, anything is possible in Jesus Christ. This week I read a really interesting article where the blogger invited the reader to, to see Jesus not just as that calm, you know, baby lying on the manger, but as the warrior baby that came to this world to destroy the works of the devil. Just like it says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. The name Mighty God means more than you think. It means the powerful one, the one who is full of strength and power. Now, who will say that this hero will be born in a stable? This is not a baby might, mighty moment, is it? This is not what people were expecting. Jesus' humble beginnings brought him the most glorious result. The salvation of the world. Also, Jesus' birth portrays to us the truth. Our God is the God of small beginnings. Listen to me. God is this God of small beginnings. Even in the Bible, it says in Job 8-7, Your beginnings will seem humble, so prosperous will your future be. And this is a word for this new year for you. Maybe this year was a hard year for you. Maybe you're seeing like, well, this is a small beginning for me. I don't know where, where I'm heading. Well, God is saying your future is prosperous. Your future has the light of Jesus Christ on it. And you will see his glory. This mighty God was raised in a small, poor, and humble family. 
When him and his family fled to Egypt as refugees trying to escape the wrath of Herod, he knew firsthand what it is to be an immigrant, what it is to be a foreigner in a, in a land that is not his. He knew that. He knew that. When he started his public ministry, we see him as an unknown and uncredited teacher or rabbi calling a group of men to follow him. He was already 30 when this happened, around that age. Then these men, these 12 men, they follow him. But they, if, if you read the gospel, you will see that they struggle a lot with the idea of believing in Jesus. They struggle with Jesus' identity and the plan that he had for them. Until that day, one day, one of those precious days, that Jesus invited them to come. We're going to go to the other side. Come. Come to the boat. We're going to go to the other side. They went inside that boat. And then this group of men, they saw Jesus as he truly is. The mighty God. You know the story in the gospel. In the darkest Part of the night, a terrifying storm unleashed over them. The disciples decided to wake Jesus up and the Lord spoke to the wind and the waves and commanded them to stop. And before they know it, the boat was just bobbing quietly up and down on that lake. This is the mighty God that has the power to speak over any crisis, storm, problem, divorce, affliction, disease, medical condition, poverty. He has the power to speak over all those circumstances and change those circumstances. To turn them around. He's the mighty God. Fully, fully God. But also... This is the mighty God that has the power to change the people we can't change. Have you been struggling, struggling with people that you are like, Oh God, I need you to, to do something with my husband. I need you to do something with my wife, with my children. Change them, Lord. Well, you are here. You are in the best place. God, Jesus, He has the power to change people's hearts. Yeah. Yeah. Not you, not me. Jesus Christ. This, after witnessing the power of Jesus over the elements, the disciples witnessed the power of Jesus over the hearts. Remember, there was this desperate man living in the other side of the lake by himself, alone, in shame, completely out of himself. His dwelling place was the local cemetery. He was the living dead among the very dead. And do you want to know who this de demon-possessed man represented in your life? That guy represents the, that person that you are like, I need him to change, but I don't know how. Maybe that person represents you or me. Because you even believe that you will never change. But here is Jesus to tell you the truth. You will be changed by my power. Once again, the mighty God shows us that he has the power to change the people we can't change. Once again, he stepped He steps in and does the impossible. He casts the demons from this man and changes his life. Because he's the mighty God and nothing is impossible for him. Isaiah also shows us that his name means that he's the everlasting father. The everlasting father. And this is beautiful because it shows us the heart of Jesus for us. He shows us the heart of the father. The heavenly father. Now you may ask, isn't Jesus the son of God? Yes, he is. 
I believe that when I see, Isaiah describes Jesus as the everlasting father, you know, more than 700 years before Jesus was even born. He was actually speaking of the character and heart of Jesus for the world. In Judaism, the title father means a lot more than mere biology. In the Jewish mindset, fathers care for the children and meet their needs. That's what a father do. Care for his children and meet their needs. In this sense, the title father fits perfectly for Jesus because he truly and deeply cares for you. He protects us as our warrior God defeating in our, in, our, in our life, sin, hell, and death itself. And he also meets our needs, giving us purpose and a future. The story of the prodigal son in the gospel speaks about this everlasting father. Jesus was speaking about himself. About his heart for the lost. In the gospel we see this father longing to see his, his child to come back home. It's the same heart that Jesus is having for you tonight. And he's so happy that you are here to listen to his gospel. So you can come and bow down before him. Jesus is not just a father, but he's the everlasting father. That means that he will never change. His love for you will never change. His power will never change. His grace will never change. His forgiveness will never change. Because he's the everlasting father. And lastly... He's the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. Everyone wants peace. Yet we live in a society, in a culture where there's less and less of it. Do you agree? Less of, and less of it. The U.S. Center for Disease Control says that 50% of people who die before the age of 65 die from something related to stress. The Harvard Business Review put out a study that says that 60 to 90% of all people who go to a hospital go for stress-related issues. We are a culture that is not at peace with ourselves. The question is, why can't we have peace? Why can't we live in peace? Here's the issue. Peace is not found in a treaty. Peace is not found in a conference. Peace is not found in a self-help book in your library. Peace is found in a person, and the name of that person is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He's the only one that, can, that has the power to give you peace tonight. In Hebrew, the word Prince of Peace is the word Sar Shalom. I want everybody repeating after me. Sar Shalom. Now turn to your neighbor and say, Sar Shalom, sir. Sar Shalom. You know what that means, Sar Shalom in Hebrew? It means the one who is in charge. It means the captain, the, 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 the general. It means the Lord, the boss, the chief, who is in charge of your peace. That's, Wow. The Lord, the Tsar of Shalom. On the other part, Shalom means rest. It means wholeness. Jesus is the Tsar Shalom. And you can say he's the captain of your peace. He is the general of your rest. He is the commander of your tranquility. He is the boss, the chief of your peace. And no one can come and take that peace from you because he's protecting that peace in your life. 
He's in charge of that peace. You see, peace is available to anyone who will choose to bring their life under the command of King Jesus. He's the Prince of Peace. And that means that when you are under Him and surrendered to Him, you can experience His peace. But when you step outside of His will and His way, you may not experience His peace. The key here is to come and lay it all down before this King. The peace that the world seeks and even tries to offer is only temporary. Jesus never said he will make everything better, at least not yet. But he did promise to give us peace in the middle of the storm. In the middle of our, of our afflictions, stress, anxiety. In the middle of any of our problems. He will give you peace. So tonight I want to invite the worship band to come to the stage And this is a really important moment because in, in a minute we're going to light up our candles. We're going to sing a song that we all know, the beautiful Christmas hymn called Silent Night. And this song speaks about a night of peace.